interceding night and night. And that gripped with one passion is the presence of the Lord. It's and, and that is something we have we have really fought for over the last eighteen months in this. Is that like I <laughs> I had a friend of mine um, interview with the church and he asked who the most important person of the church was and they named the most they named the family that gave the most money. It's like, no, it's the presence of Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? So we fought really hard for that. No one's tried to do that stuff. We just make sure he's front and center. And so that's how we can get guys that like the Here, so that's where we've been jumping off at, and I want to talk about what being gripped with one passion looks like because I believe once we're gripped, it begins to change us, and once it changes us, it begins to change everything around us. That gripped with one passion, I think if you guys just need to memorize that verse because this is what it's all about. So here's where we're going today. This is a fun one. Let's be a little different today, and, I, and that's all right. So. Revival families are typically a little bit wild. <laughs> I didn't get near the reaction I thought I was going to get. <laughs> Revival families are wild because they're gripped by the love of the presence of the Lord. They're wild. So what do I mean by wild? I mean that we, we don't hold anything back. Now, what me not holding anything back may look much different than someone else not holding anything back. It doesn't need to look just like this. It doesn't need to look just like that. It, it's just whatever the Lord says, you do it, okay? And so this will make sense. Look at 1 Chronicles chapter 11. Uh, 1 Chronicles, thank you, Logan, if you've got that. 1 Chronicles 11. All right, this is such an amazing... Which is really crazy. Okay, so he went down and struck him, the sons of Ariel of Moab. And then he also, like, it's just like in passing, he also went down and killed a lion inside of a pit on a snowy day. <laughs> like, if there ever was a fish tail in the Bible, right? It's like you catch a fish and it's realistically that big, but when you get home, it's like that big, right? John's been fishing the last few weeks, so he may have had some of those. But... But if there ever was a story of a fish tank, it's like this. He went down the pit in passing, and he killed a lion. And not only did he kill a lion in that pit, but he did it on a snowy day. And he probably had to walk in the snow both ways, you know, when he got there. <laughs> oh, and by the way, verse 23, it says, He killed an Egyptian man of great stature, five cubits. He was a big man. Now in the Egyptian's hand was a spear, like a weaver's beam. <laughs> But he went down to him with a club, and he snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand, and he killed him with his own spear. These things, <laughs> these things Benaniah, the son of Jehovah, did, and had a name as well as the three mighty men.
Day, right after he got done killing two enemies, right, that were fierce like lions. And then he's like, oh, well, there's this Egyptian with essentially this billy club in his hand. And he's like, oh, let me take that out of your hand. And, thump, and he thumps them. All right. So all this will make sense. So, so why, why are we using the word wild? Well, I was thinking about this this past week, and I've talked about this before here. But one of the things that, that, that typically happens in a church setting is that people become domesticated. So what's domestication? Well, it's like, it's like going to the zoo. Those animals are essentially domesticated. They're in the cage, right? They're in the cage. They're, they're there. They're content. Uh, some of them have become pretty tame. It's what we do with dogs when we tame a dog. We, when we break a dog, we, we domesticate the animal so that it gets so comfortable living in the house with us that it would never want to live anywhere else is essentially what you are doing. So if that's domesticated, the opposite of that is undomesticated, right? Or untamed or wild. It's like this. It's like... It's like, I know, I know some of you all have dogs, and you have it, and you let them out in your backyard, and you have that invisible fence, right? And now, if you took that invisible fence up, chances are the dog probably won't cross that line because they've learned that they don't want to go past that boundary because they just want to stay right there in that safe place, whether it's actually there or not. What happens in a religious paradigm is that we get caught up in, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, and I've got to do this. Or I can't do this, I can't do this, I cannot do this, I cannot do this. It becomes very restrictive, and it becomes about do and do not. And what happens is, is that we become so domesticated that we never actually want to leave the house because we think this is a safe place. Yeah. What's the house? It'll be the church. It'll be this little room right here. And I believe that this story is a perfect example of someone that gets so filled with the Spirit that any fear, any anxiety, any apprehension that he had just got vanquished. Why? Because he had Christ in him, the hope of glory. So revival families have a spirit of fearlessness, or they have a wild fearlessness. I'm just going to use wild all day. The enemy wants nothing more than for the church to shrink back. The enemy wants nothing more. Look, I, I don't think he's scared at all by us coming here. I really don't. I don't think he's scared at all by us singing some songs, raising our hands, and allowing some hot tears stream down their face. I don't think that intimidates him whatsoever. What intimidates him is that when we walk out of this space, when we walk out of this space, and when all hell breaks loose in my life, and I'm like, this just is the worst week in the world, but you know what? It's you are good, and your love endures forever, or I'm going to say, get behind me, Satan, or I'm going to say, what the devil took, the Lord's going to rebuke him or he's going to make him pay seven times back, right? Yeah. Or when the locust destroyed, the Lord's going to give back. When I start to live my life that way and say, you know what? This is a little bit hard. This is a little bit weird. I'm a little bit scared, but I'm going to trust him. When I step out yeah. over the waters, he's going to take care of me. When yes. we start to live that way, I think it causes hell to shrink back. Yeah. Some of y'all have words from the Lord. You have promises over your life. The Lord has spoken to you and, and in the middle of walking that promise out, it's so easy to get the living daylight scared out of you. Yeah. And that's where we have to press into the heart of God and say, you 
said it. All right? You said it. You said that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will what? I will fear no evil. I'm not going to relinquish the evil. I'm not going to shrink back to evil. I'm not going to get this. Now, if you get a little intimidated and scared, it's okay. Continue to press into Jesus. But you said, I don't have to fear it. You said perfect love does what? Casts out all fear. It's like fear, here you are. I'm going to pick you up by the back of your britches and I'm going to throw you out the door where you belong. That's what it's reading. Fear may be applying for a new job. Fearlessness may be applying for a new job. Why? We get domesticated and we get comfortable in our uncomfortableness. Toxic environments. Whatever. Fear may be staying in a current situation that you're in. Fear may be, well, I've always did this, this, and this, and I don't even want to make these changes because I don't know what it'd be like without that one thing in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus will help you. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. We have the keys to the kingdom, Matthew 16, 19. Whatever we bind on earth has already been bound in heaven and what we loose on earth has already been loosened in heaven. Revive your families. Have a wild prayer life. <laughs> have a wild prayer life. Now again, my wild looks different than y'all's and that's okay. I've just decided that whatever lines are supposed to be there, I'm like, just gonna pretend like they're not there and go yeah, after it as hard as possible. Yeah, yeah. And what I found is that there, there's more every time I take a step forward. Amen. Yes. So Matthew six ten, which is realistically the verse over this house, is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? Like you you realize how mind boggling of a prayer that is. Jesus says, pray this way. He's like, teach me how to pray. All right, we'll pray this way. Our Father, which is like mind-boggling that we can call him that, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like, if there ever was a, a, the definition of a wild prayer, I, I would say it's that right there. Because we, we've talked about this time and time again. But when we say, I want to begin to challenge us to begin to pray, on earth as is in heaven in your life and your situations and that's and that would be that would be praying for sicknesses that come into your life or your family god that's not your will i believe it's full health i believe for god i'm going to pray for you on earth as is in heaven and and finances and i'm not saying get rich i'm saying supply all of my needs in your glorious riches that's found in christ jesus that's philippians and, and, and then I'm going to pray that my lost loved one is no longer lost because you do desire that none shall perish, but all shall inherit eternal life, right? Or, or we talk about this, let's just break it down to the really simple thing. God, if it's in heaven, I want it here on earth. And God, if it's not in heaven, it should not be on here on earth. And so I'm going to pray like that without a boldness and keep going after it and keep going after it and keep going after it and keep going after it. So what does that look like? God, my child is addicted or my I'm addicted 
addicted God or, or my relatives addicted God and there's no addictions in heaven other than being addicted to yeah, worshiping you but there's no addictions there so would you yeah. sever that off God God there's no depression in heaven so would you touch people to such yes, a degree yeah. and some of it's spiritual some of it's chemical but it doesn't really matter God you can touch either way that it is yeah. God we don't want anyone to receive guilt shame or condemnation and Lord there's no shame in heaven so would you release yes. people from the shame yes. of the sins of their past right yes. here and right yes. now it's praying that way with a boldness and it's praying that way believing that that's what he really wants I, if, so, some of us get so used again domesticated and who are situations where we say well this is the way it's always been well it doesn't always have to be that way right just like abram and sarah when the lord said <laughs> it's wild that's wild. It wasn't even a purpose. So that wasn't even a plan on earth. It was like Abraham was there when the Lord said, you're going to have so many sons and daughters that, you know, there's going to be more than the sands on the sea or sands on the beach. And there's going to be more than the stars in the sky. That's how many sons and daughters you can have. And Abram's like, I'm 75 years old, Lord. That shit's on sale. When we first started, I preached a message on that called Chasing Sarah Around the Tent. And, uh, and uh, like, he had to believe that promise for two decades. Like, at what point are you like, I'm good, right? <laughs> Sorry, but it's the truth. Like, the Bible's really funny sometimes when you read it. But at some point, we need to continue. You said it, you said it, yeah. you said it. Until yeah. it happens, we want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry if I offended anyone, but it's just the Bible, so... <laughs> there is a word for that Bible. I mean there is something on that about continuing the chaser whatever that is 1 John uh, 5.14 says this is the confidence in which we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask we know that we have the request in which we have asked from him. Now, I know I have passion and fire. Like, I understand that. But there's a lot of days when I'm at home and I'm just like, Jesus, would you just move in this situation? Because that's not, I don't believe that's your will one moment. I can't find it in your word. Would you move? I just say with confidence because he's good. And sometimes when you pray this way, sometimes you get called mad or crazy or weird. It happens a lot. Believe me, I get the emails. And I just want to encourage you. Who cares? That's right. That's it. Yeah, that's right. Right there. Part of following Jesus, and I'm not saying to go out and do dumb stuff. I'm saying sometimes Jesus asks you to do stuff that makes no sense. Yes, yeah. And as you begin to pray these things, he begins to speak to you. And if you're doing things that make no sense, and he told you to, and it works out, it's going to be okay anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not your reputation that's at stake. It's his. That's yeah. Right. That's right. <clears throat> Here's, here's what I want. I want to encourage you to pray like you've never prayed before. 
and believe like you've never believed before. But what if it doesn't happen immediately? Keep praying and keep believing. Keep praying and keep believing. If it's a lost loved one that you know is hurting, that is dying, that is broken, continue to believe the Lord for His goodness over their life. Don't give up and don't allow the spirit of religion that would rather you be domesticated because it makes them feel better about themselves not to pray that way and believe that way. Let's not just pray to get to heaven. Let's pray to bring heaven to earth. Yes. yes. Let's not just pray for our needs to get met. Let's pray that God meets our needs to such a degree that we can meet other people's needs. (coughs) Revival families have a wild worship life. It says they were continually, Acts 2.42, says they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to bread. Church on Friday nights once a night. Why would you do that? We the first year we had church every Friday. It's like why would you do that? Because this is worth it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They were continually devoting. What does that look like? It doesn't look like necessarily being here every single day. It doesn't. What it looks like is sitting around your dinner table. Come on. This is what the Lord did good today. This is what he did good today. It, it, it looks like this, that turning on your radio in your house and putting on worship music and having an impromptu worship service with your spouse. It means going for a walk and begin to pray or to worship by yourself. I was out here the other day. So you know, wow, I was out here the other day and it's like, the Lord, I just felt like I needed to go worship in the parking lot. So I start walking the parking lot, praying and singing. And some dude's like, he said, he said what, what are you tripping on? Because I'd like some of that. I said, I said dude, I said, it's free, but it's going to cost you everything. That's right. And he said, what do you mean? I said, let me tell you. I the gospel. So good. Yeah. See, religion wants to hold you back, and in a right revival family says, How far can I take this? Religion wants to wants you to live like when 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 Jesus died, the veil was torn. Religion wants you to live behind the veil so you're trapped. And Jesus actually wants to take your veil and turn it into a sound. That's right. All right. Take off. <laughs> Revival families have a wild devotional life. <coughs> Matthew 4 4, it's written that man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the Father's mouth. I'm saying that. I say devotion. And I'm not talking about like, like if you read a Beth Moore devotional book, amazing. If you read a Jesus Calling devotional book, amazing. I think a lifestyle devotion is, is more than that. And it's more than my time in the morning with the Lord. It's it's as often as I can, I'm like, I'm gonna put my heart towards heaven. I'm gonna look up to you, Jesus. In this moment I walk by someone, I see they're hurting, I see they're crying. 
Jesus, would you just touch them right now? It's I'm going to live this lifestyle and try and constantly commune with the Father because the Bible says that it's possible and that's what I want to do. And again, when we do this, when we do this, it's considered weird and not normal. And I'm telling you that it is normal. It is normal. What does it look like for you? It looks completely different for you than it does for me. I'm so hesitant, so hesitant to tell people like what I do with the Lord because then you take it and you're like, well, I have to do that and it becomes a religious paradigm. You do what you need to do to be in right relationship with Him. That's it. Okay? See, domestication just says that this is enough. And wildness just says, I'm just going to be obsessed with the presence of the Lord all the days of my life. Beautiful, yes. And then there's this next thing, which I believe we're starting to do, is that it releases like a corporate wild evangelism, which, which would look like this. Uh, hint, it's not throwing a big carnival, although I like those things. It's not throwing a big. Careful. <laughs> Sometimes we do things because we think that we have to do them, and all we end up doing is just putting on an entertainment thing for a bunch of other church people. Yeah. Yeah. And we call it outreach. What I believe the Lord wants to do is release us to such a degree that we can actually just live this stuff out in public. And, and this is no secret here. Like this is this is what we're called to do. And you don't have to be obnoxious about it. You can just be Matthew five. You can be poor in spirit. You can be humble. You can be lowly. You can be meek. When someone's mean and hateful, you can respond with grace and love. It's like ooh, that's weird, right? You know when some. <laughs> See it all the time. See it all the time, man. Just loving people is the most effective evangelistic tool that you could ever have. Time and time again. I tell these stories all the time. This past week, we've been eating a weird diet and whatever. But we've been eating this thing. and, 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 And so I've been going to the grocery store more often to do what I'm doing. And it never ceases to amaze me how mad people get in the grocery line. It's like that little three and a half foot funnel is just like pure hell for people. It just brings out the worst thing. So, I'm, I'm at the grocery store, by the way, I'm really good at two things. I always pick the buggy that has a broken wheel. And you know what I'm talking about where it's all the time you're pushing, right? I'm always really good at that. And I'm always good at getting behind the extreme couponer. <laughs> it's like a gift. And I feel bad, like, when I get in line, I'm like, I, I'm committed. Like, when I commit, I commit. And I get in line, and April, she won't commit to line. She's, like, moving all over the place. But, but I get in the line, and I'm like, oh, it's that lady. I love that lady, but it's that lady. <laughs> And I'm like, well, that person saw me get one, and I don't want them to think I'm rude for getting out. I go through this internal dialogue every single time. 
And so they're doing these coupons. They're doing these coupons, and you know they're scanning. And I like, I, and like in my mind, this is a thing of beauty. Like just watching this two hundred dollar grocery bill get whittled down, whittled yeah. down, whittled down, whittled down. And like it was like thirty some bucks. I mean, it was crazy. Like how much she went. She'd save over one hundred seventy bucks. So just boom, 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 boom. I'm like, how is that even possible? And how does one have that much time to be able to do that? And so, but then she did one coupon, and it wouldn't take it. Hell hath no fury. Like a coupon lady that can't get 50 cents off of this. And so I said, and I'm watching this exchange. She's like, you got to get the manager. And she's like, I can't do nothing. It's expired. I mean, it was, it was bad. And I'm thinking, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And so I'm like, and so me, because I'm like, well, it's 50 cents. And I'm like, well, here's 50 cents. That was the bad mistake. Oh. You, don't do, you don't do that. And so then she starts to holler at me. And I'm like, look, I am so sorry. I was just trying to speed the process up. And she said, well, you should have switched lines. <laughs> <laughs> it was an all other thing. But by the time we finished, by the time we finished, this young lady, and she couldn't have been more than 18. I think she was out of school, in college. I mean, she was a she was a kid. She is a hot mess. You know, when you try when you're crying and you're trying not to cry, and so you know you're <laughs> She's just doing that over and over and over. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry you had to endure that. And I'm sorry I made things worse by trying to give her 50 cents. We got to talking a little bit more. She's like, it's okay. You know, I'm like, no, it's really not okay. I said, let me tell you this. <laughs> I said, no matter what she said about you, it really doesn't matter. Because I hope you know how much Jesus loves her. It's like, well, I didn't even have to preach a sermon. I just said he loves her. And then she's like, let all the water works. So then the manager comes over because I made her girl cry. <laughs> she's like, what's going on here? And I'm like, Jesus is loving on her. And it came out before I could even think of it. And so the manager starts crying and everyone starts hugging an apple. I don't tell those stories very often because this is normal life. Like, like we just live an interesting life when we just try to be obedient to Jesus. And it's not so much like, I want you to say, come to my church, because I think my church is amazing. I do. But what I really want more, even more so is, it's like John chapter 4, it's come and meet a man. When you're out and about, it's not about just come here so you can get okay. It's, it's let me share what's within my heart, because what's within my heart will meet your need in a moment. See, domesticated Christians are scared to death to do that because you're going to offend someone. And I just want to break that lie off right now. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I, and, yeah. and now, some of you are more outgoing than others, and some of you are terrified talking to people in public. I, it's okay. Just smile. People be kind. Give Jesus away. However the Lord made you, that's amazing. Go with that. But what I want to tell you is this, is that society has told you, be quiet 
and you got to be politically correct, and you can't do that stuff because you're going to offend someone. And and I, I can really realistically count on probably both my hands the number of times I've actually offended someone in public by giving the love of Jesus away. It's not very many when you start to compare it. Most people, a lot of people will be like, I don't even believe that stuff. And it's like, okay, that's fine. I believe enough for you right now in this moment. I'm going to give Jesus away and love on you anyway. And what I have found is that people don't turn that away. Because even if they don't believe, they still want that feeling that comes with that. And what is that feeling? It's the kingdom of God. Which was the kingdom? Righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit that gets given away. Does that make sense? Like the Lord just wants you to be able to do that. He does. Again, I'm not telling you. You like, First of all, if you go stand on a street corner on a box and yell and scream at people, or we'll have a meeting in the back room, okay? <laughs> That's not what's allowed. That's right. It's about giving the love of Jesus away. It's the kindness of God that leads men to repent. Yeah, it's the on, kindness yeah. of God. Yeah. When I gave my life to Jesus, it wasn't because my folks said I was going to die and go to hell. They right. did say that. But it wasn't because of that. It was because my wife loved me to the point that I had no other choice than to surrender my life to Jesus. Some of y'all, i got a few minutes here. Some of y'all have heard my story. But my wife got radically touched by God. And when she got radically touched by God, she was radically changed by God. We used to love to fight, not like duke it out, but like we're good at fighting. We were good at arguing. And I'd come home late at night from work and before Ethan was could remember, I come home late at night looking to argue, and she'd just be like, "I love you so much," which like irritated the living daylights out <laughs> because I wasn't getting the reaction I wanted from her. Wow. I'd come home, and she'd have the house clean, and she'd be singing worship music, which really annoyed me too. And she did all this stuff, and then she began to do like nice stuff for me without me asking her to do it. I'm like, "What is wrong with you, right?" But through her witness of her life, I was like, I, I don't really know what she has, if I really believe that at the moment. I didn't know if I believed that or not. But I believed that the change she had was real. Wow. And I knew the way that it made me feel, even though I was getting mad, I knew that when I walk away in the other room, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I knew that was real. And that's what drew me in. So just by living your life as wildly evangelistic, man, it's just being the nicest, kindest Christian you could possibly be. If you've got to hold the door open for 20 people, hold the door open for 20 people yeah. and say bless you to all 20 of those people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you've got to park at the end of the parking lot because you see a sweet little old lady parking at the front of the parking lot, <laughs> let her take the close spot. Yeah. You understand? It's, it's giving it away. If you need to offer to carry someone's groceries to their car, offer to carry someone's groceries to their car. And if they say, thank you for doing that, why did you do that? Because Jesus loves you. Walk off. That's it, man. Like I believe the Lord is beginning to release a grace for this, for us. And uh, occasionally I get text messages and phone calls from people in this church that, hey, I did this today. And I'm excited 
I am so stinking excited for it. It's like, well, what if they're not nice to me? That's okay. I've, I've offered to pray for people in public. You've heard my story. Like, got a cast on, I'm going to go pray for you. That's just what, like, that's my permission. <laughs> but if you yell and scream and holler at me and say, I can't pray for you, what you're really saying is, I can't pray for you and right there. But as I'm walking away, I'm praying that Jesus encounters you. Yeah. Not yeah. doing it for spite, but just because I want the Lord to touch you. Yeah. Then it becomes fun. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. It, it, it is fun to follow Jesus. Yeah. But then it becomes fun to, like, where it's like. It's like, Lord, I saw you touch seven people the last two days. I saw you touch seven people the last two days, Lord. Complete strangers. Because they get Jesus away. Not the mention the ones I see on a regular basis. But you start to think stuff like that. And the Lord just wants to give us permission to go after it. Yeah. So, you just come strong like that. This is probably the, the weirdest ending for a sermon called Wild because I feel like I should be like, ah. <laughs> here's, here's what I feel like I'm hearing. And let me just go with that. Um, few minutes ago I felt like I can't escape it so I'm just going to go back to it I was I was talking a 